Hello, and welcome to another episode of Norboard's Builder Insights Podcast. Builder Insights is your best source of information on new building techniques, materials, tools, and codes. Keep up to date with the latest developments as well as tips and tricks that will save you time and money on the job site. And now, Builder Insights. The following podcast is part of a series recorded live at the 2017 International Builders Show in Orlando. Listen to industry experts, fellow builders, and association members as they share their perspective on current trends and the struggles they face in the industry. They also share resources for framers and builders to help them save money and time. We hope you find these short conversations beneficial and that you like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Today we are talking with Brett Miller, Vice President of Education and Certification at the National Wood Flooring Association. Welcome, Brett. Thank you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Brett, can you start by introducing yourself to our audience, share with us uh, how you started your career, and how you ended up working at the National Wood Flooring Association? Sure. My title is uh, the Vice President of Education and Certification at the NWFA, the National Wood Flooring Association. My background, I started in this industry back in 1991 when I was in Stellan High School, continued doing wood floors through college, and really fell in love with working with my hands and working with wood. I owned my own business out in Colorado, so where I'm from. I, I became a, a wood floor inspector through the NWFA and realized that there was a science and a lot of technicalities to this industry other than just nailing in a wood floor. Right. From there, I uh, continued with the trade, again, through college, beyond college, started my own company, and worked for a manufacturer for several years, worked for a large retailer for several years, and ended up at the National Wood Flooring Association as the technical guy. Fantastic. So, yeah, almost 25 years in the industry. Oh, wow. Very good. What's, what is the, what's the makeup of the NWFA? Who are your members? So the National Wood Flooring Association is the trade organization for the wood floor industry. We're represented worldwide. We have members represented in 54 countries around the world. Our membership is made up of manufacturers, distributors, contractors, retailers, inspectors. We cover the entire supply chain of the wood floor industry. We currently have almost 3,500 members worldwide, and those members are member companies. So a company like Norboard would be considered a company, and all the people that are employed by Norboard would be would fall under that umbrella. So we represent estimates of you know around 30,000 individuals worldwide. Can you talk a little bit about what the NWFA does? Sure. So the NWFA is recognized on a, on a world scale as the authority in the wood floor industry. We write the standards for the wood floor industry. We write the installation guidelines, which are recognized and often referenced by most manufacturers as the way to install wood floors okay. or the way the job site needs to be prepared to receive a wood floor. We also, our, our mission is to educate the industry to properly install a wood floor. So we offer schools. This year we're going to have nearly 60 schools around the country where we take our schools on the road. North to south, east to west, we're wow. all over the place. We have regional instructors across the country that help us teach our curriculum. Mm -hmm. And what we're really teaching is well, we've got a few different paths. One, how to properly install wood floors. Another path, how to properly sell wood floors. And the final path that we all try to avoid, how to inspect a wow. wood floor failure. So wh where are you teaching this, these curriculums? Well, headquarters is in St. Louis, Missouri. And we do several of the schools 
in St. Louis, especially the inspector schools and some of the higher caliber schools. But our schools are all over the place. We do schools. We have facility, training facilities, West Coast, Midwest, and East Coast, and all up and down the board on, on, on all, all fronts. We're also doing several schools in Canada as well as Mexico this oh, wow. year. No kidding. So we're all over the place. Fantastic. Of course, there are many factors that impact the quality of a finished floor. Can you mention a few and expand on them? And, of course, we would like to, you to cover acclimation because that's why we're here today. Sure. There are many factors that can affect the performance of a wood floor. Wood floors are manufactured across the country, with across the world, by manufacturing facilities that whose sole purpose is to create a wood floor that will perform. Unfortunately, we do see failures, and those failures can often be avoided. Avoiding failure does have to do with acclimation. There's two main caveats to a wood floor failure. First one is specification, ensuring that product was sold to the right person for the right application. We can track most of the wood floor failures back to improperly specified wood flooring at the point of sale. Okay. Um, Give me an example of that. How would you be how would you have wood flooring that was in improperly spec? That's a great question and I think one of the more common that we see is related to a wood floor that might be manufactured in a standard, quote unquote standard climate. Okay. Where its moisture content's gonna be between six and nine percent. Okay. You take a floor that's designed to be installed in an environment, a a specific environment, Mm -hmm. and every manufacturer is going to have specifications on how that flooring is supposed to perform. They want to make sure that floor is in an environment that's, let's say, between 35 and 55 percent relative humidity. You take that same floor and go put it in the desert, Mm. in Nevada or in Arizona or Colorado, where humidity levels aren't going to reach 35 on a rainy day. Right. They're not going to perform the way they're intended, and that's where we do see a lot of failures. Okay. Other improperly specified products, a lot of times the consumer is driving the buying decision. Mm-hmm. They're walking into a retail store or into a, a flooring professional store saying, this is what I want. They like the look and feel, like the color, but they don't think about all the other things. Everything they researched on the Internet is right. what they want. <laughs> right. And by the time that salesperson has sold them a floor, more often than not, the salesperson is giving them exactly what they want, not even taking a visit to the job site to see if the job site can sustain that. Mm. Questions, critical questions like, do you have a humidification system or a dehumidification system? Questions like, is this going in a basement or is this going on grade or above grade? Mm -hmm. Can affect the type of floor that should be specified and the performance of that floor in the end. What is the best way to acclimate a floor? So as we talk about specification and and moisture issues and all of this stuff, the question always comes back to acclimation. Acclimation in our industry has become not a bad word, but it's a word that has been very misunderstood historically. A lot of, and there's still manufacturers today that you read their instructions or their their care and maintenance, and it'll say on their acclimation, seven days. Bring this product in, let it sit for seven days, and it's acclimated. Wow. We have changed the term acclimation in our guidelines, everywhere you see the word acclimation, we've also included the word conditioning. Because what acclimation truly is, is conditioning the wood to the environment mm-hmm. that it's going to be installed in. Okay. Or conditioning the environment to receive the wood flooring that is, that's being specified for the, the project. Right. Acclimation is has nothing to do with time. 
I've seen some tropical species come in and let them sit on the job site for 60 days, 90 days that in a conditioned space, and they, they they get installed, and all of a sudden they're shrinking or they're cupping, mm-hmm. and and it's because they're put into a, a situation that wasn't at the expected living conditions. Right. Acclimation is all about conditioning the space. We want to make sure that if we're going to bring a wood floor into a home, mm-hmm. that that home that the wood floor is going into is at the same conditions that it's expected to perform in when, when it's occupied. An occupied space can vary. One neighbor could have a retired couple mm-hmm. with no pets. They take yeah. their shoes off. And the neighbor right down the road could have five kids and pets and dogs, and they don't take their shoes off. Mm-hmm. And those two floors are going to perform differently okay. because of the humidity levels, because of the, the conditions in the home. Acclimation is really about understanding how that home is going to perform, how the people in the home are going to control that floor, mm-hmm. and making sure that the wood is either brought to that condition or that that home is going to be able to sustain that wood floor. It's all about moisture control. Right. We see failures with solid flooring. We see failures with engineered flooring. Solid wood floor that's improperly acclimated will distort. It'll change shape. It's mm-hmm. a hygroscopic material, meaning adding moisture to it will cause it to swell and taking moisture away will cause it to shrink. Mm. An engineered floor does the same thing but in different ways. Being that it's a plywood type product, you can get uh, sometimes irreversible damage to a, to an engineered product that ultimately makes that floor that normally would, would withstand 80, 100 plus years within a home now turns it into a, any other floor covering which is a disposable product. How do we know when the flooring is ready? Are there any tools that, that you know consumers or builders can use? Yes. Most important tool is a moisture meter. Okay. Second most important tool is a thermohygrometer, which tells you the temperature and the humidity in the space. Okay. All homes have thermometers. Sure. Hygrometer is just reading the moisture in the space. Mm-hmm. A lot of today's homes are being built with humidification systems and or dehumidification systems to control the humidity in the air. Mm-hmm. Most common temperature for anybody to, to maintain in a home is somewhere between 60 and 80 degrees, give or take. Yeah. That's our comfort level. The most common humidity levels within a home are somewhere between 30 and 50 percent. Right. And you could bring that down to 20 and up to 60 maybe, but outside of those ranges, like this time of the year when we've got hot, dry air blowing through mm-hmm. forced air systems and our skin starts cracking and our hair starts getting brittle and falling out, and that's not what happened to my hair. This is on purpose. <laughs> Our body's not used to it, and our body's not comfortable in dry conditions, nor is it comfortable in real humid conditions. ASHRAE, the heating and air air conditioning system manufacturers, have a chart that's out that talks about our health benefits being maintained within that same range, that 20 to 60 ballpark range, Mm -hmm. because viruses and bacteria thrive on both ends of those scales. And for our health, we need to be in there. Well, wood's health is no different. Right. Wood is manufactured. It's dried down to a, a given moisture content. And when we shock the wood and we bring it into another zone, mm-hmm. it starts doing weird things. So the best way to test and to really know how that wood's going to perform mm-hmm. is by monitoring the atmosphere that it's going to be installed in and that it is installed in and expecting that this time of year when it gets dry in the facility that we need to add supplemental humidity to the air. And in the summertime, often dehumidification systems, depending on the part of the country, to, to reduce that moisture in the right. air. 
So those are the two most important tools, a moisture meter to check the moisture content of the wood yeah. and the thermal hygrometer to check the temperature and humidity in the air. With those tools, prior to installation, we're ensuring success because we know what the home is telling us in terms yeah. of moisture. During installation, we know that everything is, is in line. We know that the moisture content of the wood floor and the moisture content of that subfloor are within range. Right. And within range, we never want to see anything greater than a 4% moisture content difference. And then post-installation, using a thermal hygrometer or, or anything to really tell us what's going on in the air. Monitor it. We can monitor it. Yeah. We can always know that correlation to the moisture content of the wood. And I, and I guess that, that would be, the consumer would have to know that information because once it's installed, then they're the ones that are responsible for the flooring going forward. And, Absolutely. And, you know, and if they don't maintain that, they're going to be calling the, the installer and saying, this isn't working, I've got these issues happening with my floor. No, that never happens. Homeowners <laughs> never call us and tell us there's issues with our floor. At that time, it's our problem, not theirs. But yeah, and that's where that breakdown is. That's where that failure is from the salesperson's point of perspective as well as the installer's perspective it's on them to educate the customer there's a lot of good information on the internet that, yeah. that homeowners are able to research sure and and by that time unfortunately when they are researching why their floors are gapping and they're learning about it they're also calling a, a, a wood floor inspector to come out and see if they can get their money back or try to figure out right what went wrong my next question you've already you've probably already answered but I think it's worth repeating this does the width and wood species change how or how long acclimation is needed? Yes. Okay. So when we talk about solid wood products, wood species are all over the place in terms of their ability to retain their dimension in any given temperature or humidity. With the popularity of tropical woods, we see a lot of tropical materials coming in that don't act as can, predictable. Can you give me an example of what? Uh, tropical. Well, it, 15, 20 years ago, there was a big push for Brazilian cherry Brazilian or jatoba. Okay. There's a lot of other tropical species that are imported from South America and, yeah. and from all over the world. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. species. Yeah. But they don't perform typically as predictably as some of our domestic species that we're right. used to using. There are domestic species such as walnut, American cherry, that are softer and also can be less stable than than some of the more common species like oak or maple or, or some of the others. So we see each species is going to perform a little bit differently in terms of how much they shrink or swell mm -hmm. based on moisture gain or loss, and as well as then you introduce the engineered side of the product, the, the family, where engineered flooring is a little bit more stable, but you know it, 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 it will react a little bit differently also. Well, today, the majority of the flooring that's being sold and installed is wide plank. The trend right. is going wider and wider. Right. I mean, I'm seeing 24-inch wide planks being installed that are wow. beautiful, beautiful floors. But, yes, that floor is going to shrink and swell proportional to its width. So mm -hmm. on a two-and-a-quarter board that we're used to historically, you get a 32nd you know, of an inch gap in between two boards. Mm -hmm. We'll multiply that times times 10 mm. for, for that wide of a plank, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you've got a board that is shrinking and swelling <laughs> proportional to its width. So you're seeing right. major differences in, in these types of species. Mm -hmm. And then we can start talking about saw cut and how you know a plain sawn board is going to perform differently than a quarter sawn piece of material will, just in terms of how much it shrinks or swells. And again, that's going to show on our wood floors whether they're acceptable or unacceptable in the consumer's right. eyes. 
Can you talk about some of the issues that may occur if the flooring is not allowed the proper time to acclimate? Sure. You, you covered some of them. Well, some of the most common issues that we see, especially when we're getting into new construction, and here's, here's the difference, and I'll just kind of lay out two analogies. A remodel, which is a high percentage of our business, we're walking into a job selling a wood floor for a customer whose home is already at living conditions. It's at, and it's, it's going to remain at those conditions. So we walk in, we know, we have a great snapshot. We can take tests with our moisture meter. We can get a snapshot with our thermohygrometer and find out what the temperature and humidity are. We know what the conditions are. Now it's our job to make sure our wood floor goes into that condition and performs properly. It's pretty easy to have success. Right. New construction's a whole new ball game. And, and it's a totally different ball game that we need to be concerned about. And some of the biggest failures we see are based on improperly built homes. And right. I'm not saying the home's built poorly. No. But moisture isn't the foremost concern of, of any builder. And 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 it's through the entire process, and it's no fault of the builder. It's right. the construction process. You, you, you lay the deck, and then you start framing the walls, and then you start bringing in your trusses and building up your... And then you get a rainstorm or a snowstorm, and, and construction halts for a little while. And then you've right. got moisture on that floor. And then the moisture dissipates, and then it rains again, and then they finally dry in the building. But we've got a lot of moisture that's been introduced to that building. Then we start talking about pouring a slab in a basement or in a in a in a in a uh, garage, and then we got paint texture or texture, you know, primers, paint, all have moisture. Then the the wet trades, the tile and stonework that goes mm -hmm. on within the home, all bringing more moisture within that home. Well, today's homes are very energy efficient. I think there's tight there's, envelopes too. So absolutely, it's yeah. a tight. I mean, there's the the, the air exchange is there, but it doesn't allow that moisture to escape. So we go in as, a, as an installer in those situations, and we've got moisture issues that can't just be fixed right away. They can't be given that time and that air movement and that heat to really dry out the way we need them. Mm, nobody wants to wait to for their flooring either. <laughs> exactly. We've got tight schedules. Right. Builders are on a schedule. They've got yeah. to close on this house to get the homeowner in to keep the homeowner happy. Yes. Well... All's said and done, and everything happens, and we get the floors in, and the homeowner's happy, and then six months later, we get a phone call. My floors are crackling. My wow. floors are squeaking. My floors are gapping. My floors are cupping. All common issues that we see, yeah. all related to wood, to moisture right. within the structure. So how do, you, how do you deal with that or mitigate that unpredictability? Education, making sure everybody's on the same page. Mm -hmm. There are building practices that can minimize the moisture retainment within that building mm -hmm. from the new construction or from the, the, the framing phase, there's not a whole lot you can do. You can try to cover the subfloors. A lot of the subfloor materials that are out are excellent at repelling moisture, mm -hmm. and they're doing a great job of trying to keep everything as dried in as they can. Right. All wood products within the building are going to perform the same. They're all going to react the same as a wood floor does. Unfortunately, it's the wood floor that's being walked across and noticed when we get gaps and cracks and squeaks and pops. Right. It's not the studs. It's not even the cabinets. Cabinets, they're not as obvious when they start right. seeing moisture-related issues. So avoidance is really understanding. It's understanding that moisture and wood relationship. It's understanding how to best mitigate that and how to control it so that we can minimize those those issues. The other big thing is scheduling, ensuring we on the wood flooring side are pushed near the furthest 
back in the schedule as possible with the with the pre-finished flooring in specific so that that home has had time to dry out and reach mm. equilibrium. And one of the single most important ways to help that whole process is to make sure that HVAC system is operating mm. and has been operating for a minimum of five days prior to that flooring even being delivered to the job site right. and getting that home up to that expected living condition prior right. to wood even getting delivered. If we get that home up to that point, you know, the, the first year of any wood floor, it's going to go through its its settling sure. phases. But if we can avoid those shocks yeah. of that wood floor actually just sucking up a lot of moisture and then losing a lot of moisture over that first six months, that's where we can, you know, wood floors are always re repairable and, and re refinishable, and that's the beauty of wood, and that's why consumers drive to have wood. Yeah, It's, it's how to properly maintain that wood and, and, and know how it's going to perform that, that really helps us all avoid any failures. If a problem with the floor should arise in a few months, uh, what should the builder do? Unfortunately, when there's a problem that arises, the consumer's already not happy. Right. So it's easy to sit here and say, educate the customer. <laughs> that should have happened up front. Right. Then that problem may not be a problem, or it, it, it might be one of those reminder conversations as opposed to an educational conversation with the consumer. Mm -hmm. First things first, make sure you have your moisture under control. I don't know. I guess as I try to answer your question, I keep looking at ways that could have been avoided Right at the first point, having right. a proper and a, being a, proactive is probably the, the proper solution here. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have the, the right installer in to do it. Make sure that everything was tested up front. Once it does happen, and it does, it's really a matter of customer service. We want to take care of our customers, but also it's not raising a big flag saying we have a problem. We're going to tear out this floor and replace mm -hmm. it. Wood. That's the beauty with wood. Wood is always repairable. It doesn't yeah. always have to be torn out or replaced or anything like that so i guess keeping a calm storm when it could very easily become real hectic is priority number one and then bringing somebody in that knows how to properly address the situation and right. identify the cause of the situation right. we don't know the cause we don't know what to do to get it taken care of if it was moisture that was in it in the structure prior to installation likely we can we can maintain and retain that floor and make sure that it's it's going to be acceptable in the way it's supposed to be performing. The house has been built. Consumers taken taken possession of the home. They're living in the house. The builder's done the work up front, you know, give, gave them the, the sort of an explanation on how to take care of their floors. And, of course, they don't do it or they don't maintain the levels of humidity in the home. And then, you know, six months later, they're calling the builder. That's got to be a tough conversation for the builder to have. And how do, how do they deal with that? Absolutely. I can tell you one thing that I did, and this was kind of playing Monday morning quarterback as a business owner, because we got those phone calls every year. Yep. About November in Denver is when everybody's heating systems got cranked on and those floors just started shrinking up. Yep. So one thing that we did, we went around and we developed and we had partnerships with our distributors that had what we called crack sheets. And these were just informative tech sheets, tech data sheets that we could give our customer explaining the science of, in, in layman's terms, the science of why Wood's doing what Wood's doing. Then we started realizing, all right, that's that's kind of trying to remedy the issue after the fact. So every floor that we sold, we gave them a really relatively inexpensive thermohygrometer, something they oh, could nice. throw on their countertop. It cost us yep. 15 bucks. We give it what to them. What a great idea. And then, you know, when they do call us up, say, well, you remember that thing that I gave you, that little monitor? What is it saying? A lot of times that avoided the conversation. But 
almost helps them. It reminds them about the conversation. Right. Building a new home, that wood floor gap sheet that they got at closing is yeah. one of hundreds of sheets that they have inform, inform information about their home. Sure. So yeah. it's not it's not reasonable to think that they're going to sit there and, and remember everything. Yeah, exactly. So at the end of the day, it's a matter of if that floor gets to that point, it's really a simple enough remedy to add some humidification, even if it's an individual standalone unit that you can go buy at at really any any hardware store yeah. and let it sit in there and bring the humidity up and watch what that wood floor does. I mean, in front of your own eyes over the course of a couple of weeks, that floor is going to have go from seasonal gaps to all of a sudden tight again. Yeah, and it's it it. Took me a while with my wife. We had walnut floors, and I didn't have control of my humidity in my house. And that walnut, every no, season, I had get, that a problem in your own home. We had gaps between our boards, <laughs> and every summer I had a wash a, a, a washed out floor. It was just mm-hmm. minor cupping. Yeah. But I also knew that was what it was doing, and it was actually fun to watch it go from cupping to gapping back to normal. And no kidding, it's the nature of wood, and it's really the beauty of wood, and it's difficult thing that I think all of us in this in the construction industry deal with is the perception of how things should be versus the way they, they really are. And, and with wood, the beauty of wood is that it is a living, breathing organism. But as it's on your floor, it's not going to be plastic. It's not going to be something that's disposable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a natural product. So it's Very kind good. of part of it. Well, I have one last question for you. What is involved for a flooring installer to be trained by the NWFA, and why is it important for an installer to take training courses? That's perfect. We have education. We bring around the uh, around the country. Last year, we had nearly 900 people go through our training programs. Our training is open to anybody, not just NWFA members. And we do have, we've had builders come through, superintendents, designers, architects, we have homeowners even pay to go through the training just because they want to kind of okay. see what it's about. But at the end of the day, it's it's a matter of understanding. And, and as as I started working through refining our curriculum, I realized today's student is not the same as students were 15, 20 years ago. Where They're coming with some information or preconceived notions already, well, right? Well, a, a little bit, yeah. but also... You know, we, we had shop class, and, mm-hmm. and, and with shop class, we had kids that were learning the basics of working with their hands and tools. And it really hit me like a ton of bricks at one of our schools when I had a guy pick up a hammer backwards and try to start <laughs> tapping in a, a nail backwards. And I thought, we got to teach these guys the real bare minimum basics. Right. But along with the basics of tool use and the safety involved with tool usage, it's the basics of water and wood. Mm-hmm. And we start going through real general science about water and wood and why water and wood react the way they do along with that is the job site preparation and we'll actually spend about a day and a half on job site preparing that job site to receive a wood floor before we even think about snapping a line or uh, nailing down a piece of wood the schools go from the real basic elementary all the way up to the advanced level expert level training where we're creating motifs and tarja and, and, and parquet patterns and wow. wood floors that are not limited in terms of what we're, what we're doing. So, and you guys are certifying them as well? We do have an entire certification program. Just this last July, we launched an online university, which allows people to go through and get educated from a technical point of view online. Within that university, 
the user can then start earning what we call micro-credentials or badges. Mm. Basically, they finish a whole series. They can earn a badge after they've done the hands-on portion of what they've learned also. Oh, great. Then that all adds in, and we've had a certification program in place for about 15 or 18 years, I guess, a certified installer program, certified Santa finisher, certified inspector, and a certified sales advisor program, all of which require hands-on testing, a few years of experience, and a lot of training. So the training we offer, the yeah. hands-on testing we offer, the experience we require. Right. And that's something that our certification program is one that we're very proud. It's not something that somebody just buys. Hmm. We fail a pretty high percentage of those that come through the program. No kidding. And, and every time that somebody fails, they understand why, and they, they are excited to get back up on that horse and come back and try again. So it's, it's a fun program. And we do have certified professionals across the country. And a real simple search engine to find say, on our website. How do website. people find them? Do you ha so you must have a directory on your website. We do, and okay. it's it's actually a consumer site, which is visited. We get a lot of visits to our consumer website. It's woodfloors.org, and within that, you can just search for a cert NWFA certified professional, and you can fill in a radius of where you're searching, throw your zip code in, Fantastic. and then a whole list of certified professionals pop up. Very so, good. Nice thing is for the builder, it gives them a resource. They know who they can go to trust that the, the products are going to be put in right yeah. and at the end of the day what all of this discussion is about is let's reduce claims let's reduce that money that's coming out of all of our pockets yes because of failures that could have been avoided right up front hiring the right person to come in understanding the relationship between moisture and wood understanding the the, the system you're putting your floor into mm -hmm. the type of subfloor you're going over and understanding what moisture really means to the performance of that wood floor and when you come in. So well that's, said. That's, that's what it's all about. Brett, I really appreciate you coming in today. I've learned a lot. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you guys having me. No problem. This was great. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes this installment of Norboard's Builder Insights Podcast. You'll find more of the same great content on our blog, including show notes and links to additional information. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing, liking, and subscribing on iTunes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>